Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dairy Sports Fantasy Scoop. We're scooping up Fantasy Sundays for your football Sunday. I am your host, Chase Grabowski, and I am joined by my wonderful co-host, James Treefry. And we're going to be giving out some fantasy ice cream Sundays for you today. Um, we're going to start off with a drop slash trade segment. Now, these are players that are big disappointments that you could either A, just cut your losses on, or B, you could, you know, sell, sell as high as you possibly can where they're not going to really contribute in the future. James, who do you have for a drop or trade? Well, the person that I thought of when I when this segment came into my head was Austin Hooper from the Cleveland Browns. And the reason why I am going with him is because coming into this season, I was talking to a lot of people about fantasy football over the summer, a lot of different rankings, lists, and things like that. And to be quite honest, I don't think that anybody had Austin Hooper outside of their top 10 for tight ends, which was really surprising to me because I've never really been that overly impressed with Austin Hooper. Uh, I I think that he got a little bit overhyped with this offseason move to the Browns. Uh, He was in an offense in Atlanta that has Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and now an emerging star in Calvin Ridley. So very high passing attack and a lot of opportunities for him. But when you look at the Cleveland Browns roster, you got Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, and you got David Njoku, who was hurt for the majority of last season. So I just think there's there's just not enough sugar to share. And I don't with him not being able to eclipse 10 points for the first three weeks of the season, I would most definitely be looking to trade him if you could. But knowing the tight end market is such a fickle thing. If you don't have one of the top three, you're probably going to be siphling through journeymen. So Austin Hooper, a disappointing season, a lot of hype coming in, but I think it's safe to say that he's a bust in this season. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I had him in one of my leagues. Thankfully I had him as a backup to Darren Waller, which he was disappointing last week, but I have, I have all the faith that he can bounce back, but I'm looking at his, at Hooper's stats so far this year. In three games, he's got 10 targets, seven catches, 62 yards, and no touchdowns. That is not going to cut it. That's, I think, in a PPR league, that's about almost 15 points total between three games. (laughs) I don't really know if that would warrant a roster spot on my team, unless you don't have anybody else. But you you can find someone that's going to get you at least seven, eight points if you're really in dire need of a tight end. But in PPR leagues, especially, like you need someone to be catching balls, touchdowns, especially for tight ends, and he's not doing any of that. Yeah, and it's it's rough because you looked at the the preseason rankings. A lot of a lot of people thought that Austin Hooper was going to be the number one tight end in Cleveland, but it has not been that. And Cleveland's showing that they are a much they're they're a very run heavy offense oh, after. Yeah especially with the emergence of Kareem Hunt. He didn't have a whole lot to do with the team last year. They were kind of on the fringe of being out of the playoffs when he was eligible to play. But now that they've had him to start the season, some of the plays that this guy's making, he looks as good as he was in Kansas City. So that could end up being a steal for the Browns while also being detrimental to some of the other fantasy players that that team has. Well, you know, OBJ and Jarvis Landry really haven't put up a lot of points yet either. So you can see that that team is struggling to put up points around 
I mean, outside of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they're basically run heavy right now. And he seems like Austin Hooper with his whopping 10 targets in three games, he's going to be more like a blocking tight end, it seems like, which he had six touchdowns last year in Atlanta. So that's probably why people drafted him so high. But it's, it's not turning out that way either. Well, and, and another thing that you also have to look at for why Austin Hooper was highly touted into the season is because of his contract. It's, I, I'm, I've, I, I call it the Kirk Cousins syndrome. Guy gets mm-hmm. a big contract and people automatically assume, hey, this guy's going to produce because a team believes in him. Well, the Falcons were very, very quick to replace him with Hayden Hurst. So the Falcons were very confident in their ability to replace him. And let's face it, the Browns aren't exactly known for the most, you know, the most clever off-season decisions. So <laughs> I think you have to look at that and say, maybe this was a little bit of a wished into existence eighth round, maybe top 10, top five caliber tight end that you might have drafted. Yeah, it's looking like on here that in a PPR league, which, I mean, we mainly go off of PPR here. Um, we'll maybe cover standard, but just so everybody knows, PPR is mainly the leagues that we do. Um, and NFL fantasy leagues, he was a number nine average draft position. In ESPN, he was number 14. Uh, CBS, he was 12. So he's in your top 10, 15 tight ends. And if you're doing a 12, 14 team league, you know, he's like, he's your starter. So this is just, it's really disappointing season for Austin Hooper so far. Yeah. Who did you have now, Chase, for your, for your drop or trade candidate? So I'm not dropping this guy now. And this is for a redraft. Now I am going to be trading away in a redraft league, Joe Mixon. Now, so now it may be a little surprising since he's a running back one and he gets a lot of touches, but let me read you his stats so far this year. So currently he has 52 attempts this year for 164 yards and no touchdowns. He's got nine targets for seven catches and 58 yards and a fumble lost. So his average yards per carry is 3.2. Now for running back, we signed a massive extension that the Bengals just gave out. That's not very productive. Um, in 2018, which was his breakout season, he was averaging about 17.4 points a game in a PPR league, which is a very, very good and worthy of running back one status. 2019, he averaged 14.1 a game, which is still pretty good, but it's a little bit of a regression. He lost some touchdowns. So far in 2020, he's averaging 9.1 points a game. Now, there are likely a few reasons to this, but one reason is that he's not making the most out of his touches. You can see by 3.2 yards per carry, he's not really going anywhere behind that offensive line that Bengals have. Uh, also, with the new quarterback, Joe Burrow, I mean, he's got a lot of mouths to feed. He's got A.J. Green, you know, the, the veteran who's trying to prove himself you know, on his last year. Tyler Boyd, who's scored 20-plus points the past two weeks. And he had 10 catches for 120 yards, I think, last week. So, I mean, that's huge production he's going to get. And then T. Higgins also broke out last week. He had two touchdowns. So, Burrow's got to find other people to throw the ball to. Gio Bernard, his running back, too. He also has 15 targets in the passing game compared to nine for Joe Mixon. So, you think, oh, maybe he'll get some points through catches. Well, Gio Bernard's taken away 15 of his potential targets. So, if I were you... In a redraft league, I would 100% sell Joe Mixon now. Get as much as you can for him now because his value is going to keep dying and dying until it's going to be week six, and you're going to be stuck with him maybe in a flex position or maybe even a bench, and you're going to have to find production elsewhere. 
Yeah, that's that's a very that's an interesting one. But I am I actually am a, a agreeance with you on that. And I'm always I've always been a guy who's been a little bit of a have, I've always had a pump the brakes attitude with Joe Mixon because the numbers have always been there as you stated the last couple of years. But when I've watched him play, there's always just been something amiss. Mm-hmm. But he's cons- he's consistently listed with these top tier running backs that go in the first two rounds and when I watch him play I I just don't see the talent level of the Dalvin Cooks or the Christian McCaffrey's I don't see the speed of Saquon Barkley's I don't see the size and physicality of Derrick Henry's I don't see that and that's to me those are you have to have one two maybe even all of those things to produce at a high enough level to be worthy of that kind of draft status. So when you read off those numbers to me, I'm looking at that and I'm saying you have to sell the fact that Joe Mixon was ranked so high coming into this season because I think most leagues, he was drafted too high because I'm not taking Joe Mixon over guys like Chris Carson. I'm not taking Joe Mixon over guys like Melvin Gordon. And he was taken higher than many of those guys in most of the leagues that I saw. So if you can sell that draft position, sell the pre-draft rankings, maybe go to some expert opinions on people who are fans of him because he surely is talented and he surely has the means to make a team a lot better. The Bengals, however, you got a rookie quarterback. They're clearly trying to get him going. They're clearly trying to make Joe Burrow the face of the franchise. You got Tyler Boyd, who has just been absolutely balling out right now. And A.J. Green, they kept him there to give Joe Burrow a experienced weapon, which he's being thrown to quite often. Um, but Joe Mixon, I, I, if you can get the right kind of trade value for him in any type of league, he is definitely a guy that you could move. Well, and I'm also looking at the ad, average draft position here. And so consensus overall, he was the eighth running back. Yeah, I believe, I think that's ridiculous. And you pick running backs right I think, away. That's, I think that's ridiculous. I mean, I, I not, not, not a knock against Joe Mixon, but running backs have really made a resurgence over the course of the last four years in terms of depth with fantasy. And I just don't think Joe Mixon is one of those top guys. He's much more in that Chris Carson, Melvin Gordon tier than up with the Nick Chubbs, Aaron Joneses, Melvin Gore, uh, no, uh, Derek Henry's, mm-hmm. Dalvin Cooks. He's much more in that second tier level of guys that you're looking at. So if you are somebody who took him a little bit too high, I could definitely see you moving him and getting some compensation back, getting some solid, maybe a wide receiver too. Maybe you had a receiver that got hurt. Maybe you have a tight end that you're trying to replace. Maybe even a quarterback. Who knows? You could probably get something quality for Joe Mixon if he's not fulfilling your running back one needs. Now, if, he, if, if this was a dynasty league, I would maybe stick with Joe Mixon just because he just got that huge contract extension and the Bengals are looking up for the future. But if we're talking redraft, we're talking this year, I don't, I, I don't know if this, I don't know if this is his year. I just don't know if this is year on uh, honest stats, personally. Um, but James, who? Now, now, we're, now let's move on to to waiver wire pickups. So, who would you, if you were to pick anybody off of the waiver wire right now that's available in most leagues, who would you go for? I would go for Devontae Freeman most definitely, and the reason I do that is because he will come into the Giants system that they ran with Saquon, and he's going to be productive. 
because Daniel Jones has struggled without Saquon Barkley, and it's 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 been a rough start to the season for the Giants. Most most definitely, mm-hmm. you got a young quarterback, but you just signed Devontae Freeman, and he's shown the ability to be a bell cow when healthy, and he's had a lot of time away from football activities. This is a fresh start for him. He's on a team that could be very soon looking to salvage the season. And they might be looking at him as somebody who they might want to bring back last year. So if the Giants are going to be playing in a bunch of meaningless games down the road, you better believe that they're going to be giving the football to Devontae Freeman a lot to see if he's somebody that they want to move forward with in their franchise. Saquon is gone for the year. He's tore his ACL, and I'm sure Giants fans are worried sick for that young star running back. The last thing they need is to put Daniel Jones in harm's way because he's starting to gain a little bit more respect around the league, rightfully so, because he has definitely improved on his accuracy, his turnovers. He's definitely looking a lot more comfortable. So the Giants definitely want to keep that. And the best way to do that is by giving the football to an experienced running back who can make plays, who can score touchdowns, and he's a savvy veteran. He's been on a championship-caliber team before, so he's going to bring a certain level of winning culture. So the Giants are going to want to use him as much as they can this year. So make sure you pick him up, especially if you're the person who lost out on Saquon Barkley this year. Yeah, right now it looks like, according to FantasyPros.com, Yahoo Leagues, he's 75% owned, so... Still about a quarter of people haven't picked them up. But ESPN leagues, you're in ESPN, 60% of the owners have picked them up. So you still got 40% of the people out there that have not not gotten them. And you look at his stats from last year. Like, yeah, last year, rushing-wise, it was a little bit of a down year. He had 60, 656 yards rushing. He had 20 – he had two touchdowns rushing. But his receiving stats, if you're in a PPR league especially, Devontae Freeman's a huge pickup. Last year, he had 59 catches, which is 59 points, plus 410 yards right there. So, yeah, you look at the rushing stats, you're like, ah, 656 yards, two touchdowns, not that great. He had 60 catches for 400 yards and four more touchdowns receiving. So, I 100% agree with you. I, if, if you don't have Devontae Freeman, if someone hasn't picked him up yet, one, your team, or not your team, your league is a little bit behind, but you need to take advantage of that. You got to pick up Devontae Freeman. He, he's also a guy, he's also a guy that I have thought is extremely underrated over the last five years. He was on the Atlanta Falcons. Everybody knows the Atlanta Falcons are a team that wants to throw the football. You got Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley. You had Mohamed Sanu there for a few years. So they're a team that loves to throw the football. And they didn't want to put a lot of investment in Devontae Freeman, having Tevin Coleman there all those years. And just look at what happened this offseason. They didn't want to pay him. He wanted to get some money. So he decided to part ways. Maybe this new opportunity will give him a chance to show what he can do when he's not competing for touches. 100%. 100%. I agree with you. Who did you have for yours, Chase? Now, I got someone who's a little bit more available uh, in those leagues. Um, in ESPN, for example, he's available in 45 – or he's only rostered in 45.8% of leagues. But it's Miles Gaskin, the running back to the Dolphins. So if you look at all of the average draft positions for the running backs of the Dolphins, in almost every league – I would say every league – Howard, Jordan Howard, and Matt Breida 
were drafted above this guy. Now, for good reason, you know, you know who who is Miles Gaskin? Well, so far this year, Miles Gaskin has 36 touches, 152 yards. He's averaging four yards a carry. He's got 15 catches on 16 targets with 91 more yards on top of that. So he's averaging about 13.1 points per game in a PPR league right now. And last week, especially, he had 22 rushes against the Jaguars, which is bell cow. I mean, that just screams volume. That just screams like I'm going to be getting the ball a lot. Compared to the other two running backs that are drafted higher than him, Jordan Howard and Matt Breida, Jordan Howard has 16 carries for 12 yards on the season. Now, given he has three touchdowns, so that's kind of where you lose a little bit of value, but this is a waiver wire pickup, so this is kind of like a you got to roll the dice a little bit here. But Jordan Howard has not been targeted in the receiving game. And then Matt Breida, 15 carries for 63 yards and only two targets. So what does this tell you? That Miles Gaskin is the clear lead back. He's going to get the most volume. He's going to get the most catches. He's going to get the most yards. And the only thing he might lose out on is touchdowns. So if you are a standard league, this one maybe will be a risky pick for now. You could stash him on your bench and hopefully he takes over um, at the goal line at some point. But if you are a PPR league, you got to pick this guy up. He's going to be catching balls left and right. And if he's getting 22 carries a game on top of that, he's going to be picking up some quality points. Yeah, Chase, I like that. I like that pick a lot. And when I look at the team that he's on, the Miami Dolphins, coming into this, nobody really knew who was going to be the running back for that team. You had guys like Jordan Howard, Matt Breida, and these are guys that didn't really pan out in the places that they were before they came to Miami. Miami's kind of the island of misfit toys right now. So really, anybody mm-hmm. could break out. It's very similar to what we just saw from James Robinson in Jacksonville, that you have guys on bad teams that are tanking that can put up points. Uh, the Dolphins, we've seen this from them in the past. Remember the Jay Ajayi year when Jay Ajayi just hit the scene? And even if even oh, if yeah. guys like this are only good for you for a couple weeks, that's worth it, especially with this year when we're seeing all these injuries. Miles Gaskin has a lot of value, especially for the next upcoming weeks. And we'll definitely see what the Dolphins will do because, as I was saying with Devontae Freeman, the Dolphins – Having Tua Tungavailoa there, who's probably not going to see the field this season, they are going to be determined to see what kind of pieces they can put around him. Miles Gaskin, as you described him, getting all those carries, being as efficient as he is in the passing game, they're going to want to see what he can do for the rest of the season because they are looking to get Tua some help. Oh yeah, they got it. They got it. They're planning for the future already, for sure. Miles Gaston's a young guy who's going to be coming in there, and if he does well, he's going to be sticking around with Tua. He may be his, he may be his running back for years to come. Who knows if he keeps it up? I don't see why not. I don't see Jordan Howard sticking around that long. I don't see Matt Breida sticking around forever either. Maybe he could be a running back too, sort of a Tevin Coleman type. But um, I, I don't really see a reason Miles Gaston shouldn't be on anybody's roster right now. No, he and def, definitely when you're when you're talking about even just for the next couple of weeks, because one win could mean the difference between a playoff berth or not. And a Miles Gaskin pickup in week three and having him on your starting lineup for, you know, week four or five, maybe even six, that could be the difference in you making the playoffs or not. So get him on your rosters, see what he can do. 100%, man, 100%. All right, so now we're going to move on to our last segment of the pod. Uh, we're going to do a stardom slash sit him for the Thursday night game that's coming up between the Broncos and the Jets. 
Um, who who do you got for your stardom, James? For my stardom, I have Jerry Judy. And the reason I have Jerry Judy is because this is a game where the Broncos are going to want to get his confidence up. We've seen CeeDee Lamb ball out so far. We just saw Justin Jefferson ball out. It's Jerry Judy's turn. The unfortunate part about the Broncos is they've been plagued with injuries. Drew Locke going down early. You had Philip Lindsay suffer an injury. Cortland Sutton's gone. So you have a lot of guys who are banged up. But you have this rookie receiver who you drafted in the first round, and you're playing the Jets. Are you seeing what teams are doing to the Jets? This is the perfect opportunity for Jerry Judy to get his confidence up for the season ahead because they don't have a lot of other guys they want to throw the football to. I doubt that they're going to want to run Melvin Gordon too much because they're not going to want to get him hurt in this type of game. But they're 0-3. They're going to want to get the ball to their best players. They're going to want to be able to come out and beat the Jets early. So I'm looking at Jerry Judy as a guy who could probably score you two, maybe three early touchdowns if he is given the chance. So we will definitely have to see that. Well, it's not like he doesn't have volume. He's got 24 targets already through three games. As a rookie, that is almost unheard of. And he's got 13 catches so far. What that means, he's had... I mean, Drew Locke went down in week two. So he's had Jeff Driscoll and what was, what's his name? Uh, Brett Reifian. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Brett Reifian throwing in the ball. So of course he's not going to catch everything, but I mean, 24 targets, he's getting, he's getting a lot of looks and sooner or later, all of those looks are going to be turned into touchdowns. That's the only thing he hasn't contributed really yet is those touchdowns. He's got 173 yards this year. He's got 13 catches. But like I said, 24 targets. If you're getting that many targets to three games, you are at wide receiver you know, one volume, I would say almost. Yeah, and if you can, if they, if they can figure their offense out and um, get their guys healthy, because um, Denver was a very, very highly touted team coming into the season with that offense. It's just unfortunate that the injury bug has plagued them so much over the course of these first three weeks. But they are in need of a win. They're playing the Jets, who look to be kind of the sucker team of the NFL right now. So look, for, look mm. for them. Look for them to. Throw in some rotating pieces. Look for them to get some of their young players involved. And Jerry Judy's at the top of that list. So be looking for him this this Thursday night. Yeah, I actually got a, I got a teammate of his for my stardom. Um, but it's someone you said that you maybe shouldn't start. But I, I almost think you should. And that's Melvin Gordon. So a lot of you guys have Melvin Gordon to start. And, yeah, last week he was, I mean, uh, without being too frank about it, terrible. Um, but let me tell you why. So first off, he has so far this year, 42 rushes, 174 yards and a touchdown. So he's getting attempts. He's getting his looks. Um, one reason to look at is also he's his, uh, his backfield mate, Peyton Lindsay. He, he was doubtful on last week's report. So I guess you could technically think that he is going to play this week, this week, but a toe injury like that, usually you're out for two to four weeks. So I would expect Peyton Lindsay to be out one more week. And since they have the third string QB starting, Brett Reipian, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, I would imagine that they're going to have to rely on the run and little short passes to get some offense going. Now, the big thing why Melvin Gordon should start is because of who they're playing. And that's the New York football Jets. Now, the Jets defense so far this year, this is, this is their rushing defense. So they've had 92 attempts against them. They've had 400 yards allowed, 4.3 yards against per carry. 
133 yards a game to running backs and four touchdowns already allowed through three weeks. I, I, I would call them atrocious against the run. They're not good at all. They're not good anywhere, really, but especially against the run, they're not really good at all. And so with that being said, Melvin Gordon's pretty much alone back there besides Royce Freeman, who, I mean, I had him in my dynasty league last year. He didn't do anything. Um and the Jets' defense is just absolutely terrible, absolutely terrible. So I would think that if you need a running back to start, even if even in your flex, if you want to, go for Melvin Gordon. Well, I do like that pick a lot, and and really, Melvin Gordon, I don't, I, I don't know what it is about the fantasy community, but people are very quick to get down on Melvin Gordon. He was very solid the first couple of weeks, putting up double digit points both times, and he's at a lot of people's flexes, maybe running back two. He's not a running back one but he has the talent to be. The problem is I don't know if this game is going to be the Melvin Gordon game because, like I said, if the Jets are the sucker team and the Broncos start blowing them out early, I don't think they're going to want to put Melvin Gordon in harm's way. You've already lost Cortland Sutton. You've already lost Drew Locke. We don't know what the injury status of Phillip Lindsay is. So I, I don't know. He's going to get his touches early, but the question is, and you mentioned that stat, He only has one touchdown, and touchdowns in fantasy football are a huge pendulum. They swing the momentum. That's six points on one play. And if Melvin Gordon doesn't get into the end zone in the first half and the Broncos are already up by three scores, you might see them roll out Royce Freeman for all the garbage time. So if you're going to play Melvin Gordon in that role, you're going to be expecting him to get some early carries, get in the end zone, or maybe if the Broncos decide to run him late in the game, they will. I would just say proceed with a little bit of caution on that one, but the Jets' defense most definitely is struggling against the run. So if he gets an opportunity, he's definitely going to going to take it. Yeah, I get I get that point too. I get that point too. This game's a little tough to pick a start of sitting for because both teams are not really in good places and right now. You know who's gonna start anybody on the Jets. Let's be real. <laughs> I, I mean I, 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 I don't I don't right think now. the Jets have a single person. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, is is he is he coming back or when, when what's I, I he's still yeah, in the so IR. Yeah, he's who, not even who, here. who would you start? You I mean, I guess you have Jamison Crowder, is he maybe Jamison Crowder? Maybe yeah. if you need a receiver, but I don't see anybody on this Jets team that you would want to put into your start. Certainly not that defense. No way. And no, no certainly way. No. not Sam Darnold. Frank Gore is – this is not 2005. So the Jets – we, we, <laughs> we could just do a, a – the Jets are just a sit a sit as a football team. They're a sit <laughs> is that what your sit is? Yeah, we can just put the whole Jets as in a sit No. I'm just kidding. My, 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 my sit, my sit for this game is act is, is a, is Noah Fant, uh, the tight end for the Broncos. And the reason I say that is because he has been so good to start off this season. But like I said, I believe the Broncos are going to get up big in this game. I believe guys like Jerry Judy and Royce Freeman guys are going, these are the guys that are going to make plays. Even look for the backup tight ends to make some plays in this game. I just don't think that this is the type of game that you want to go with a tight end in Denver because their quarterback situation is in question. They're going up against a bad team. He's not Travis Kelsey. He's not George Kittle. He's not Mark Andrews. So if you have a quality backup tight end that you could put 
that has a more favorable matchup for that position, I would definitely go with that. This is not the week to start Noah Fant. Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to probably agree with you on that one too. Like so far this year, he's got twenty one targets, which is a pretty good amount. But like you said, we got we got Brett Ripien under under center. So I don't know how much they're gonna be looking to go across the middle with Noah Fant. I'm assuming they're gonna be a lot of doing dink and dunk, maybe some sweeps, maybe some screens, um, hitting Jerry Judy for short slants, stuff like that. Um but I wouldn't necessarily go for Noah Fant. The only reason I'd maybe start him is because he does have touchdown potential. He's got two touchdowns in three weeks. But yeah, if you have a better option, I would go over probably over him too. I would actually that that was my sit him too was Noah Fant. So Noah Fant and the Jets for no Fant for, 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 yes. for your sit ems for this week. <laughs> <laughs> the entire Jets franchise should just sit down for the rest of the year, and that's cool. All right, guys, I think that's all we have. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, make sure to give Dairy Sports a follow on Twitter. Um, and also make sure to stay tuned for next week's episode where me and me and James will be covering some more uh, banana. Let's see, what's, what's the ice cream sundae? <laughs> banana split. Uh, banana split. Oh, yeah, man. we're going to get a banana split for week, for week four. For week five, I mean then. All right, have a nice day, guys. Adios. And, good luck uh, this week. Good safe. luck this week in your matchups. Yeah, good luck. For sure.